I'm Sophie Gray. And I'm Nerida Ashcroft. And you're listening to I Wasn't Expecting That, a podcast where we discuss issues affecting women in the sandwich years, like us, caught between aging parents and our own millennial offspring. We aren't cougars or golden girls. Most of us are too knackered, to be honest. We've got jobs or careers of our own, but are still the on-call carers for partners, parents and offspring, while still dealing with all our own stuff. Stuff we weren't necessarily expecting, and that no other generation has had to face in quite the same way. In this week's episode of I Wasn't Expecting That, we're talking about marriage. What does it mean now? What did you expect? What would you tell your kids about marriage? I'd say maybe the worst thing might be the kissing. Uh. <laughs> so, Nerida, were we married in the same year? I'm going to be, we'll be 29 years married this year. Um, we married in 1991. That's when I got married. Okay, I can't remember what year we were married. It really offends Rich that I, I remember that. The date, so and I remember, I remember the date of when he proposed, but I don't actually remember ever what what year it is, except that I know that we're married twenty nine years this year. It's, okay, so I'm just going to go on my calculator: twenty nineteen minus twenty nine years. Oh, you're nineteen ninety. Okay, so. all right, all right. Well, fingers crossed, Rich longer. won't be listening to this, yeah. and um, it'll <laughs> be fine. Do you guys celebrate your wedding anniversaries? Um, we we do sort of a little bit. We've kind of been known to forget every now and then. Oh, really? I okay. know. It's yeah. quite sad, isn't it? No, we had our wedding anniversary in May, and generally it's a card and dinner. Right, generally. okay. Yeah, what about that's you? Nice. Yeah, no, we do. Um, and actually we've always kind of made a priority of it. Um, so Rich comes from a family where the marriages tended to not last, whereas my parents were married until my mum died ridiculously young, but but they would have um, – pretty sure they would have lasted the distance because they were committed. So the model of kind of how you do marriage for me was that anniversaries were important. Ah. Um, So we've always done them. Um, And I mean, it's not a big big deal. You know, we don't do presents, um, but we do go out for dinner and market. I never saw my parents celebrate their wedding anniversary. Right. Ever. Ever. And um, I'd have to say they divorced when I turned 20, so. Right. (laughs) I don't know if that's a sign, but there you go. Yes, I think it's interesting because I I, re- I remember hearing, reading something years ago about the the family that you grow up in is like the university of marriage that you have attended. Oh, yeah. So you get two different people from two completely different backgrounds and one of them's grown up in one kind of marriage education and one's come from another kind of marriage education and you're trying to merge those two together. Yeah. Um, so, so Rich and I actually, we did talk about those things um, and you know in, in the early years of our marriage we used to do marriage courses quite regularly not because we were having problems but because it was really good for helping us get through times that were tough. Yeah I was gonna say I wish that we had have done some of that sort of stuff really because when you do hit the hard times then I react in the way you know like you just pointed out the way that my parents would have reacted yeah, and yeah, Rob yeah. would have reacted the way that he's kind of been conditioned to and neither two shall meet really you know yeah. it's kind of difficult. Uh, and you know I think for us our parents never talked to us about how to be a married person but 
our generation, it's really, really different. I mean, you know, we have adult children much more in our lives. So, you know, we've talked with our kids about stuff like that. And when they've been in relationships, ask, you know, so that, so this, girl you're seeing you know so what's her family like Mm. are her parents still together you know what what's the dynamic in that family because you know we work this way but you know we aren't all the same so you know it's kind of been interesting sorts of conversations to have um but that we never ever had with our parents no I certainly didn't have any conversations like that with mine they were like dead against marriage they just didn't think it was the ideal thing for a young couple to do at all right. and then here's Rob and I getting married when we were like 20 so yeah and, and now I mean people will be going oh my gosh that's so young that's so young yeah but but you and I both know not just yourselves we know lots of people who were married at 20 who are still married, but now it's considered to be really, really young. And I have to say that I think 20 is too young to get married. I do too. <laughs> Isn't yeah, when I look at um, like my daughters who are 21 and the other one's 18, I think, oh, getting married, you know, at that age, it's just so incredibly young. But on the flip side, somehow if you marry somebody who is a really good match for you, then you do grow together. together. Yep, yeah, I, I would 100% agree with that. And I think, you know, sort of, you know, I've known you and, and Rob for years mm. um, and I would say you are such a different person than you were at 20. Yeah. Um, but some of the the really confident and, and adventurous person you've grown into is because of Rob. And I distinctly remember something that you said years ago after doing a scary, scary um, a trip to India or some something like that where oh. it was dangerous for, for women and you went with this, you know, oh, handful of being, women. I hate being reminded of things that I've said. I'm dreading but, what's coming. But what <laughs> you said was um, – I talked to Rob about wanting to do this trip and I didn't have to ask his permission. I just had to say I'd like to do this and he said, you should absolutely do this. And I loved the way you articulated that, that it was not about, you didn't need his permission Um, and he wasn't giving his permission. What you were asking for was his support Support, and he gave that permission. you know, sort of unconditionally, yeah, absolutely, you should do that. And mm. and that's the thing about, you know, a, a relationship where you're allowed to grow. Um, and I thought that was pretty amazing. See, my with my parents, my mum didn't get an education because she was, um, she came from a, a family where her mum died really young. So at um, like 14 or 15 or something, she had to drop out of school and look after her little sister. And, you know, yeah. it was all very sad and, 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 you know, it wasn't a happy scenario at all. Um, and subsequently when we emigrated to New Zealand, the education system here did something that was incredibly radical and they opened up adult education in high school so that people who had been denied the opportunity to get any school certificate or university entrance, they could go and do that. That's so great, eh? My mum signed up for that instantly um, and my dad was thrilled to bits, proud of her in his own kind of slightly disconnected way, supportive of it. Just, yeah, go ahead, do that. Yeah, um, makes and, you happy, love. Yeah, <laughs> and and off she went to our local college, Glenfield College. I was still in primary school and my mum was in high school and all of her friends were high schoolers Actually, for a couple of years. during the day? During the day. Not night classes? No, no, this was 
you the adults mm. actually so you had people in their thirties in classes with people who were sixteen. Right. Um so she got her school certificate and she got her university entrance and she went off to university mm. um and became an accountant. So, wow. you know, kind kind of amazing um in, in its own way. It's such a great model for you guys to see your dad support your mum go off and do something like that. I mean, I just think that is a great model for young people to see, just that supportive spouse, you know. Well, it's a far cry from the kind of um, model of wifing that would have been suggested when my mum was little. I found this um, uh, extract from uh, Housekeeping Monthly from Uh the 50s. Um, So they've got like a great long list of 17 different things that a good wife should do. This one um, particularly stood out. This is about, you know, when your husband's coming home from work, be a little gay and a little more interesting for him. His boring day may need a lift, and one of your duties is to provide it. <laughs> what? I know. Oh where my did gosh. this whole idea even come from? Honestly, magazines oh, or what? I, I just d- embarrassing. I don't know. I mean, look, it, it is just awful. Prepare yourself. Take fifteen minutes to rest, so you'll be refreshed when he arrives. This is refreshed because you've got six kids, you know, yeah. screaming around your ankles and no domestic appliances, and you're. You've spent the whole day trying to Doing get the washing, and yeah, baking. trying to get the nappies off the line before the next shower of yeah. rain. Oh, it's just awful. Put a ribbon in your hair and be fresh looking. He has just been with a lot of work weary people. <laughs> oh, really? Honestly, just it just makes me want to. I don't but know, tear my hair so out. Cool, um, the advancements that have been made as far as attitudes go. I feel pretty proud of New Zealand for that. Oh, I think so. Mm. I think, you know, for women in New Zealand, I mean, my, my mum being a, a, a perfect example of that, mm. you know, it's so different. And I, you know, I look at a lot of the women that I work with, um, you know, so a lot of women who are younger than myself um, and, you know, their married lives or their relationship lives look really different Mm. to what it looked like when I was sort of in my 20s and early 30s. Mm. And I just don't think that marriage has become, I think, more like a celebration of the relationship you've been in than the entering into a formal relationship that it was when we got married. Wow, that's deep, Sophie. (laughs) Well, it seems... Well, for a lot of the people that are that I see at work who are getting married, they have been in relationship with their partner for some years. Right. Often they've bought a house or they're they're getting ready for the next phase of their yeah, relationship, right. which is having a baby. And and so they celebrate that with a wedding. Mm. Um so it you know, whereas we would get married and then move in together and then struggle to get a house and babies and all of that kind of stuff. But yeah. they've actually marriage falls in a different place in the journey. Yeah. And I, for me now, I've become a bit bit more sort of liberal in my thinking. I actually think that there is some, some value in that, that they are formalizing their committed relationship and they are committed relationships mm. and they do it with a big expensive party, which I'm very happy to attend. <laughs> and I love to take a gift and eat their food and drink their wine and celebrate Getting what the they are best, celebrating. They? Yeah, it's oh. great. Yeah. Um, and in some ways it comes with a lot less tension than when you have this fragile young couple who actually don't know what they're getting themselves in for sort of standing, making promises that they don't necessarily 
fully comprehend? Yeah, true. I mean, we haven't had to sort of face that yet, even though our daughters are at that age where they would have boyfriends and things. We just haven't even had boyfriends to contend with or, you know, relationships to think about as far as is there a potential marriage partner here. So I haven't even had the opportunity right. to think about that. Okay, well, enjoy not worrying about that while it oh, lasts. I am. Don't you worry. <laughs> I love this um, quote. This is Cher. The trouble with some women is that they get all excited about nothing and then marry him. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, that's great. So how did you know then that Rich was the right one for you? Mm. Because you were young, as you say. And yeah, uh, well, I wasn't as young as you. I mean, I was 25, right, I think, or okay. 20. No, no, I wasn't. I was younger than that. 24. Oh, I don't know. Anyway, it was many years ago. It was. <laughs> many, many years ago. <laughs> um, I think we just kind of matched. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, so I had other relationships and um, lived with a guy I was with for a few years and so on and yeah and then Rich came along and it was like all the lights came on um, and that, oh, and that we stars uh, <laughs> yeah it was interesting um, also we wanted similar things in life mm. um, so but it, you know you think you know somebody I had no idea how keen Richard was on football oh, really? when I met him because you couldn't get English football on New Zealand TV, right? Um, unless you had Sky, which we didn't. So I knew that sometimes he used to get up in the middle of the night to listen to a game on the radio or something like that. But I really didn't fully grasp <laughs> what being a Tottenham supporter for life really was yeah, right. until later on in our marriage. So he, because he couldn't get football... He had subverted his passion for football into cricket, and cricket is very seasonal. So, you know, in the summer he would avidly follow the cricket, mm. and that was fine. And then in the winter I could have his full attention. <laughs> and then all of a sudden the football became much, much more available. So cricket was um, all over the summer and football was all over the winter. It's like I grew up in such a non-sport household. I was talking to a friend recently and she said that she could just walk through her lounge stark naked in front of her <laughs> husband and he wouldn't even notice her. <laughs> That, that is absolutely true. But that's another thing, too, that, that when you've been married a long time, I had um, a lady working for me um, for a while and she came into our office one day and she had a new haircut. Um, and Rich said, oh, you've had your haircut. And she laughed out loud because her husband of many, many years mm. hadn't noticed. Yeah. But but my husband had because she wasn't so familiar yeah. to him and yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. whole sort of familiarity thing yeah. is kind of interesting. Did, did you and Rob do the sort of traditional wedding vows when you got married? Um, well, uh, I think we might have. It was a long time ago and I honestly, I'm just kind of – not a person that's really into that romantic kind of stuff. All I wanted was a pretty basic wedding just to get married and just get on with everything. So right. I think we probably did do the traditional vows because I didn't even really worry too much about what we were even saying to each right. other. <laughs> yep. It was just the, the stuff you went through with. in order to be married. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah, like interesting. I didn't even know what shoes I was going to wear with my dress until the day before. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you're much more low-key about those kinds of things yeah. anyway, whereas somebody else would have been, you know, throwing their toys out of the cot because they didn't have the right shoes. Well, it's quite different now getting married 
married and even, you know, there's photo shoots and all oh. of this sort of stuff just when, you know, somebody proposes. I know. My friend made my dress for me and it, she was still stitching bits of it on the wedding day. Amazing. Um, I did my own makeup, you know. Yeah, so did I. You know, that it's it, the whole wedding thing is it's much, massive. much more of a production yeah. and much more of an industry now. And I think there's a lot of pressure around that and that, you know, you've got to have Instagrammable wedding yeah, photos. Yeah, I was going to say, and, there'll be social media, eh? Yeah, but uh, I think it was happening even before social media that – People, there, there was a terrific pressure, um, and I was working with a girl who got married last year, and it was a, a really big production. Mm. And the shredding before the wedding—I mean, she basically dropped eight kilos for her wedding mm. because she wanted to look a particular way on her wedding day. Wow. Which are, eight you know, kilos—that is a lot. That is a lot. Um, mm. And you know, she was just practically fasting um, in the run-up to the wedding. Um, Whereas, you know, I find that kind of funny because I do my annual wedding dress challenge. Oh, yeah, yeah. um, Because I'm, you know, while nothing is in the same place that it was, I I do want to just try and keep things under control. So every year on the wedding anniversary, I try on the wedding dress and, <laughs> you know, take a photo on Facebook. And I've got a few, quite a few other followers who are also doing the wedding dress right. challenge. I think it's, you know, uh, for me, that works quite yeah. well. But I didn't lose sleep over what I was going to wear on my wedding day and stuff, mm. I did think about the vows because people had already started to do their own made-up vows when we right. got married, yes. and I always See, I just couldn't, I just didn't get into that. No, me either. And I actually thought that there were there is a lot to be said for those traditional ones: mm-hmm. richer, poorer, sickness, health. And well, I'm, it kind of covers all bases, really, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, I'm really conscious that we've walked through a lot of those in in my in my marriage. You know, we've had phases where we've been desperately poor Mm. Um, and then in recent years when Rich became very very ill um, and you know was virtually bedridden for you know significant times it's Mm. like that in sickness and in health and you know I had spells of being really really unwell and hospitalized for weeks. So would you say that through the ebbs and flows of life that it's in those more difficult times that you and Rich have kind of grown closer together? No. Oh uh, <laughs> no, no, I don't think. I think when it's difficult, it's just difficult, mm. um, and that that's when you have to call on all your reserves. Mm. Um, and I don't. I would never judge somebody who went. This is just too, too hard. hard. Mm. And I think you know, if you're being really honest, there are times when for for anybody who's been married for a long time, they would go, "I could, I could pack my bag and leave." Yeah, yeah. Um, but. You know, I, I do believe in looking at the bigger picture and I'm glad for every time I might have thought that that I didn't do it yeah. because I really love what we have and it's really different now, you know, nearly 30 years mm. in than it, than it was at the beginning. Yeah, I really think it is worth fighting for what you have and yeah. I know that, you know, things can be really difficult and I know the feeling that, you know, it would be great, the grass is greener and yeah. I would love to do something different, have a completely different life. But, man, the ongoing effects of divorce and separation, it's just massive Mm. being a product of that with my parents. Right, yeah, yeah. It's just huge. And I think if you can work through it, um, it's just so beneficial. And your marriage, you know, I don't know what you've experienced, but it's just so much deeper and so much stronger. You have just such a deeper understanding of each other. Yeah, I think so. It's hard to replace the the levels of 
trust. And, you know, for, uh, I, you know, I'm conscious that not everybody's experience of marriage is, is positive and that there are mm -hmm. people going through really, really difficult times. Yeah. But one of the things that I, th I think I've learned too is that if you're both committed to making the marriage work, yeah. then taking courses can really help because mm -hmm. I would say that some of the things that have got us through our toughest times have been things that we learned in the in courses and by listening to other people's experience that's like you know keeping the the marriage bank topped up mm -hmm. and that for every sort of you know negative thing somebody says you almost need three positive things to fill it up and yeah. that every difficult thing that you go through makes a withdrawal from the marriage bank so you've got to be making deposits and those deposits are kindnesses and yeah. kind words and intimacy and date nights and you know those little things yeah um and also learning different ways of thinking and reacting as well so you know I've heard it said that you have a bit of a dance that you might do metaphorically speaking so he says something you traditionally react in this way and then yeah. he'll react that way so then you react that yeah. way and next thing it spirals down and it just happens time and time and time and time again it's a pattern that you've just fallen into so to go on some sort of course or have some outside help you know, you can change your dance move, yes. which can confuse them. And they're like, what? Hang on a minute. I said this, she's supposed <laughs> to react like this, even though it's horrible. It's the way we do it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. So I've um, heard something recently that couples who are in a healthy marriage, they don't have lots of different arguments. They have the same, same argument. Way, yeah, it's right. always the same. And for Rich and I, it's essentially it's always the same. Right. Um, but the other thing I would say I have learnt is that – Loving acts create loving feelings. And it sounds like such a cliche, but when you are feeling so out of love mm. and you just don't even want to be in the breathe the same air as that person, <laughs> that actually doing yeah. kind things, and it works not even just in marriage, but you know, in your workplace or anywhere, yes, yeah. that by actually thinking about doing kind things for that person, it changes the way you feel. And mm. it's hard when you are the only one playing the game. Mm. You know, you're there, there, you know, faithfully trying to do loving and kind things and you're not getting them back, yeah. but it can actually change your feelings. Yeah. And then the way you respond changes and then you'll get a different response yeah, back. Absolutely. If you were going to um, give your girls a piece of advice for marriage, would you? Is there anything that springs to mind? Um, choose wisely. Yeah. <laughs> How do you do that, though? Um, so my uh, my sister and brother-in-law have done lots of sort of pre-marriage counselling for people and so on, um, and they their their big thing is don't marry an idiot. Yeah. But how do you know? Well, some, do you know? Sometimes, sometimes you do know and you think you can change. You don't know. You yeah, know, but it's like a few years down the track and it's like, uh-oh, I've got myself an idiot. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think sometimes people think that they can change somebody. And my, my, I, I would say to my kids, people become more like themselves as the years go by, not less like themselves. Mm. So if there are significant things that grate you now – those things are going to be more so in 30 years, not less so. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, having the the commonalities are pretty important as well as the chemistry as mm. well. So I think, you know, having similar uh, thoughts about money and finances because, yeah. you know, finances can really kill a relationship, you know, disagreements about that. Oh, definitely. And it's interesting you bring that up because now uh, – um, 
So when we got married, the norm was, I'm talking about me here, the norm was that you pulled both of your incomes mm. and, you know, it was the the joint income and you paid the mortgage and the bills and mm. then if there was enough left over, you might each have a little bit of sort of private spending money. Mm. But, uh, you know, from what I gather from people that I work with and younger couples around us now, it's, it's much more likely that, um, you know, people will have their separate money and then they both put some in the pot for the mortgage and that kind of thing but yeah. this is mine and that's mine yeah um yeah it's interesting actually talking to different people and how they do do their finances because we've always just had one bank account all the money goes yeah. in there and for us that's worked especially in the early years because we didn't really have a lot of money mm. so our budget we didn't actually have a budget but basically the budget was spend as least as possible yeah <laughs> that was easy <laughs> we we were really really strict on the budget the whole destitute gourmet thing you know we got to make a dollar out of 50 cents yeah. But it's never been, well, I earned this or I, Same. you know, you earned that. It's yeah. always been what, you know, because there were times when Rich was the one earning and I was, you know, looking after babies and vice versa. respect about what each other does and brings to your collective lives together. But I think that that is probably the heart of marriage then too, isn't it? That particularly when you're at, well on in your married life that it's it's less about passion and more about partnership mm. that you know passion is still important but it's that we're equal partners in that and yeah. you know let, let's keep driving this family ship forward into a into a good place yeah Well, that's all we have to say on the subject, and clearly we aren't experts. So if you want to have your say, then jump onto our Instagram page and join the conversation. You'll find us at I wasn't expecting that NZ on Instagram. The NZ at the end is important. If you want to find us, that is, not the other I wasn't expecting that's on Instagram, because you might really get something you weren't expecting. It's a photo app after all. Next time, we'll be talking about makeup. I wasn't expecting that is available via the Apple Podcast app. If you don't have it, download it now. And why not subscribe so you never miss an episode? I Wasn't Expecting That is brought to you by Now To Love, their New Zealand's largest dedicated women's lifestyle website. Visit Now To Love for the latest celebrity, royals, health, lifestyle and parenting news, committed to telling great stories that bring people together. 